Thanks. Uh, thanks, David. Um, for whatever reason, what David did there reminded me of a, a, a podcast I was listening to a number of weeks back. There was two reporters from the Belfast Telegraph went and... Um, this isn't a joke, by the way. Uh, two reporters from the Belfast Telegraph, um, like, they had no, no, no faith, but they were exploring faith, and they were visiting a couple of churches, and they couldn't believe. They were really surprised by this. Um, they just assumed that whenever they would go to a, a church with a, people claiming what they believed about this God, that there would be moments of quiet, that there would be moments of pause, there would be moments of reflection to meditate upon what it was and the, 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 like how incredible this story was, this faith that we, that we profess, and they couldn't believe that there was no moments throughout the whole service that they attended of just reflection, of pausing to be still. And, um, and so there's no bit, I'm not going off on a tangent on that, but I just think it's really important that we, that we do that. I think it's important that we could just go from the one thing to the next and never actually acknowledge what's going on in here or in here. Or, um, so thanks, David. Thanks, guys, for, uh, for leading us so well. Uh, so good to have you all here this morning. Um, couple of new faces, really great to have you with us. Uh, Lada, is, uh, Lada is here, and uh, her husband, Visa, yeah, or Vasa, sorry. Oh my goodness, I sat and said Vasa over and over in my head for the last 20 minutes, and then I got up here and said the wrong, huh? Yeah, just go with John. I said, I'm not going to do John. I'm going to call him his name, and I've just messed it up. There's a Brentford City midfielder called Visa. That's the problem. Um, yeah, so hope you've had a good week. It's really good to be able to pray together, worship together, have coffee together. Um, it, was really, it, was a really, it was a really great week for us as a family. Anybody, uh, anybody know why it was a special day? Anybody know what happened this week? Monday was a special day. Anybody know what the special day was? 17th of April? Well, it was Mum's birthday, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nobody know? It was National Bat Day. And so if anybody knows Mum, like the thought of National Bat Day being on the same day as Mum's birthday was just absolutely gold. It was priceless. Um, so yeah, it was National Bat Day. That was a really exciting thing for us to celebrate uh, this week. Um, anybody in the room know how to hold the bat? By the handle? <laughs> oh, look, it's filtered through the room. It is. <laughs> Francis, did you laugh because of that, or did you laugh because it was funny? I spent my whole week just like, even people text me this week. People text me this week to say, your message was good and your joke was terrible. <laughs> so I just have to keep going back to Francis Clapped last week. Um, so you encouraged me to keep going, Francis, whether you intended to or not. Um, we're going to be, uh, if you have your Bible, we're going to be spending most of, our, most of our time this morning in uh, Romans chapter 12.
It was actually how we, Romans 12, the first few verses of Romans 12, were how we finished off our, our time together on Wednesday night. David's already mentioned that uh, the theme of our Wednesday nights over the next um, seven weeks, six weeks now, is faithful presence. And um, maybe still, hopefully by the end of the seven weeks, we'll be able to fully uh, explain what this means and the power behind this, uh, the, the thought of faithful presence. If we were to go through the Psalms, you would see over and over again how uh, God is announced as king of the world. He is uh, Lord of all. Um, his presence is everywhere. There is something about the psalmist that testifies to this reality that God is present in the world. And so we, we say that, the psalmist declared that, and I think for many of us, I am thinking most of us in the room, wherever, whatever background we've come from, wherever we're at on our journey, we will acknowledge that he is present in the world. And so what we're trying to do over the next number of weeks, and I think what we've been trying to do on our Sunday mornings as well, is that the, re- the faithful presence is that he is present in the world, but also that he uses a people who are faithful to his presence to make himself concrete and real in a world in the, in the midst of the world's struggle, in the midst of the world's pain. So I think we can all agree, again, we, no matter where we're coming from today, that in the, the world there is struggle, there is pain. And God is present in the world, but to make himself concrete, to make himself real, language we've used before, God with skin on, he uses a people who are faithful to his presence to make himself concrete and real. And so he is present in the whole world. I believe that. I think most of us will believe that. He is present in the whole world, but he is uniquely present through a people. He is uniquely visible through a people. And so over the next, on our midweeks, um, the, the core of every one of the disciplines that we will go through, all seven, at its core is mutual submission. Um, this, this willingness and this ability, this opportunity that is being created for surrendering control. That's going to be at the core of everything that we do over the next wed- number of Wednesdays. A, a submission, a mutual submission, a surrendering of control. And at the core of every discipline is the recognition that it is impossible to locate the church inside the four walls of a building. And so whether that's the Lord's table that we did last week or whether it's reconciliation that we're going to do this week, it's impossible to locate the church inside the four walls of a building. If we are being faithful to his presence, if we are seeing and recognizing where he is at work, it is impossible to locate the church within these four walls. And there's a conviction in me, and that's why these, I, I, I love times we get together on a Sunday. Because it is my strong conviction that it has to become a communal reality 
before it begins to infect the world. So the stuff that we're talking about on Wednesdays, but also the stuff that we're talking about today, this, this has to be worked out here. This has to become real here before it's going to truly infect the world. And so Romans chapter 12, let me just read the first two verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Living sacrifice, this is really, really important that you hear that. This is living what we offer to God, it's, it's living. We are making ourselves fully available. As those who have um, acknowledged what he's done, acknowledged uh, who he is, we turn to him and we offer ourselves as living sacrifice, living, fully available, fully alive, willing to surrender control. And so the church, what we do, Today and what we do beyond the four walls of this building is making the gospel visible through the church. Paul says in Ephesians that it's through the church that the wisdom, the love, the beauty of God would be put on, on display. It's really important what we're talking about. He is fully present in this world, but he is uniquely present, makes himself concrete and real through a people. And I think Paul is right when he says it's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is going to be put on display. His wisdom, which contains his love, his beauty, his majesty, would all be put on display. And it's why considering what he has entrusted to us is so important, I think. And that's what we've been doing over the last number of months is recognizing, acknowledging that there is stuff that he has given to us. He has entrusted time to us, he has entrusted treasure to us. He has entrusted gifts to us. And so as I said last week, as we consider gifts and talents, it is my heart, it is the heart of many of us in here that none of us would leave our gift unwrapped. And I said it last week, and I warned you that we're going to be saying it over and over again to each one of us. You'll see it every. You'll see it in Acts chapter two when the spirit fell, and I've, I've, like, I feel like there's been moments this week where I've just held on to that. Find yourself in those environments where you can fall into the trap that Lila talked about of comparison, but you just have to remember. I remind myself over and over to each one, we give the full flame. To each one, you give the full flame, and so what we're going to be talking about in Romans twelve. Today is, I want you to, I want the words to jump out on the page to you, to each one of you, to each one of you. And so is my, honestly, is my heart as, as we've been over this the last two or three weeks, please, I would love it that none of us would leave what has been given to us, the gift that has been given to us, that we would leave it unwrapped. And so let me, let's keep going. Let me read, uh, let's keep reading through the rest of Romans 12. Well, let me go to verse 8. Unlike last week, watch out for the, to each one of us or to every one of us or whatever 
your version might say. Um, verse 3, Andrew, if that's all right. Um, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, like, please make sure this, just as each of us has one body and many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Reading over those verses again, I recognize that so much of what we have been talking about over the last number of months has really been pushing against the some of the things that are dominant in society, our individualism, our consumerism, if I can be so bold to say maybe even our our selfishness. But here in verse six is this is this these these words of Paul that are telling us that we belong to one another. We each have different gifts. Um, or maybe it's verse five. We belong to one another. And so God has deliberately ordered the church as the body so we are interdependent. See, the body of Christ, I know it's a metaphor. I know there's several metaphors that Paul uses to describe the church. Field or the bride. The body is, seems to be the most the most dominant one, the one that is most forefront in Paul's mind. And I think it is more than a metaphor because it, because it speaks of, of this new life, this new creation, which the church, which the church, the body of Jesus, is to live and model and flesh out before the world. But I think he's deliberately, God has deliberately ordered the church as the body so that we are interdependent. Typed interdependent into Google last night um, to make sure I was using the right word. Um, and the first thing that came up was like the, the, the animal and plant kingdom. And there's just this language that it used around interdep- interdependence, which I thought was, was just so apt. I think it was so perfect for what I think that Paul is wanting us to hear. The idea of interdependence, like within the plant kingdom, is that's, that we need, they need other organisms to survive. And that's the same thing for us as the church, for us as the body of Christ. If we are recognizing that God has ordered that so that we are inter, interdependent, and Paul is right in what he says, that we belong to one another then it is true that we need other parts of the body in order to survive. So you being here this morning is really important. Because I need you, selfishly, I need you. I need your gift. I need what you've been given to be unwrapped, 
in order to survive, in order for the church to thrive and be all that it, God intended it to be. See, church, moments like this are really important. Times like this are so important. But these moments are not, not just about fulfilling you and your individual needs. They're not moments about finding your gifts just to fulfill them on your own. It is so, ultimately, I guess, that the presence of Jesus would become real. Each part of the body, each individual part, it's really important, but it gets its meaning. It gets its fullness. It gets its survival and its thriving from the whole. And so when it comes to looking at these gifts, and we'll look at them, um, we'll look at them briefly. But we can just, we can just flick through these, these gifts really quickly. If it is serving, then serve. And, but there's a, there's, a, there's a power behind the original language that Paul was using that is like really get your sleeves rolled up type of talk. If this is what it is, then do it. Get your sleeves rolled up. Find out what your task is and give yourself to it. It doesn't say all of that in the verse, but Paul, that's, the, that's the emphasis behind what Paul is saying. If it is serving, then, then do it. Get your sleeves rolled up. If that is what your task is, then give yourself fully to it. Don't just play at it when you feel like it. Don't just play at it when you feel like it. And in the back of my mind, I, am, I know this, if it's there, Andrew, you can put it up because I'd love it to stay imprinted in our mind, this spiritual ikigai that, um, that Lila shared with us a couple of weeks back. Because I'm saying all of that. I'm saying, like, get your sleeves rolled up. Find out what your task is. Give yourself fully to it. Don't just play at it when you feel like it. But I'm also trying to remember the bottom of the circle. Like, there still will be moments where you need to maybe roll your sleeves back down for a moment. <laughs> um, so I'm acknowledging that. But I'm still wanting to say this is the strength of the language behind what Paul is saying. Give yourself fully to the task. Don't just play at it when you feel like it. If there's a moment where for the sake of wholeness, you need moments of just considering your own physical, mental, and emotional well-being, then please... Um, Please do that. So just keep these things in mind, because this is what we're all of what we're talking about over the next number of weeks is really getting at the at the root of what burdens our heart, what our skills and abilities are, our whole well-being, and the voice and wisdom of others. And the voice and wisdom of others is 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 really important, and we need the diversity of gifts that are mentioned here. Again, this list is not is not exhaustive. Um, but just to run through them really quickly, first, the first one mentioned is prophecy. Um, it's great to have people in, uh, people in this room that have identified that gift and have unwrapped that gift and are using that gift. Um, I think for some of us, we maybe think of prophecy as somebody that's, that exclusively is one who stands up here and delivers something of the heart of God, but it's, it's so much more than that. Somebody who, who is able to, to speak into the lives of, of people in relationship and just the everyday ordinariness of life. We have service. 
um, the, the, the Greek word is diakonia for service, where we get our English word for deacon. Um, so these people are great team workers. These people do not need the spotlight. I am so grateful for people who have unwrapped this gift and are using it among us. Um, teaching, if it, if it is teaching, then let them teach. Again, incredibly grateful for some wonderful teachers in this room. The thing about teaching too is that it, it does vary. Like some, some people are better in bigger groups like this. Some people are better in smaller groups. Some people are better with their peers. Some, some are better with children. I think it's important just to say that um, because I sometimes think people feel like they maybe have a gift for teaching and they're given a chance to come up and do it on the stage and it doesn't go well for them. It's not received well and it's almost ignored. It's put to the side. But there is a part of this that is going to require trial and error. Try some stuff out. See, if you, were to, if you were to automatically decide that teaching was not your gift just because of a one bad experience, trust me, I would not be standing here for a start. Um, but it, it just means finding out, well, where is where does it truly come alive? Where does it truly, truly land? Um, encouragement, what a wonderful gift this is. Uh, what a wonderful gift it is to the body when we have the gift of encouragement among us. Again, it's that word parakaleo, which we talked about before. Um, simply the means that come alongside. People among us that will just come alongside. Counselors, um, that will come alongside, that will ask the right questions, that will provoke the right thoughts, that would encourage um, the body. Then we have giving. If it is um, contributing to the needs of others, it says in my version, if it is giving, then give generously. And so again, grateful for wonderful givers in this room, um, people who are generous. But more than that, there's more than just being generous, it's being wise with how you give, the wisdom with how you give, which I think is a really wonderful gift. And then we have leadership. If it is um, leadership, then lead well, govern diligently. Um, and hopefully that gift is in operation as well. And then mercy. Mercy, what a, be what a beautiful gift. What a beautiful gift, again, people in this room um, who see the needs of others, who respond whenever, when maybe everybody else misses, that um, respond to the needs of those maybe on the edges, on the margins, those who operate in that gifting are, again, a gift to the body. There's part of me really, in some ways, reluctant to just try and categorize these neatly. But just in case it maybe is helpful for some, um, whether it's uh, Romans 12 or it's Ephesians 4, um, 1 Corinthians 12 or 1 Peter 4, um, we'll come back to these, we'll come back to these um, passages over the next number of weeks. But in some ways, it can be, we can put the gifts in the, 
into categories. Slightly reluctant to do it, but just in case it helps. There are speaking gifts, and so there would be um, things like teaching, encouraging, prophecy. Or there could be leading gifts, um, like exclusively leadership, or administration, or wisdom. Um, or there could be serving gifts, um, mercy, hospitality, uh, stuff like that. And then there's another, there's another gift that sometimes people put into the sign gifts, meaning like tongues or interpretation of tongues. Um, that'll be a fun week, won't it? Um, healing. And, uh, and so there's, there's, there's categories that we can put some of these gifts into, um, whether that helps or not. I'm not sure. But hopefully it might for some because our, our goal, what we're wanting to do over these weeks um, here on the platform, well, it's not on this rug, uh, is to like discover what our gifts are. But the reality is it's going to be worked out outside of the four walls of this place. But I'm just wanting you to, like, to, to, to fully give yourself to discerning what your gifts are. It's going to require you doing some work yourself. It's going to require self-examination. But then it's also going to require you using it um, it's going to require some experience. And there, again, as I've said, it, it's, you need to be willing, courageous enough, vulnerable enough maybe at times to, to, to go on a bit of trial and an error to discover where the best situation for your gift to come alive is, to discover where the certain environments that uh, are best for your gifting to be used or Christian life is not just about how I am doing as an individual but it's especially of how we are doing as a church I think that's a wee bit of like if, if, if I think of some of the stuff some of my thinking some of the transformation maybe in my thinking over the last couple of years it's, that's been one of the areas I've constantly been asking the question, how am I doing? And not, not that that's not important. But I thought the Christian life, the Christian experience was asking that question, how am I doing as an individual? But for all of us, I think the, the, the key question is, how are we doing as a church? If it truly is, if the church is truly the, the vehicle of hope and healing and reconciliation to this world, then that's the more important question. How are we doing? And if there's something that is lacking, if there's something that is missing, then it's, it needs the whole body. It needs the whole body with its gift unwrapped, fully participating, fully functional in order to see this world healed, in order to see the shalom, the peace, the wholeness of God fully manifested in our families and in our communities. And I'm going to finish with this. I just felt the I just felt the weight of this, I think, last night and this morning. And so just wanna just wanna finish by sh reading um verse three. For by the grace given me, I say to each one of you, to each one of you, to each one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. 
but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with what God has given you. And why I think this is so important, and why I felt the weight of this, is because so often we come to verses like this and we, we preach, do not think of yourself more highly than you need to. And that's true. Don't think of yourself too highly, that you don't need all of the other parts of the body. I think that is a lesson to be learnt from this passage. Don't think of yourself too highly that you don't need all of the other parts. But I think what sometimes gets missing is, is the second part of this. Think of yourself sober, with sober judgment. Think of yourself rightly. The think of yourself rightly is to go back to what we say over and over again. One of the things that you can guarantee about every person in this room is that you're made in the image of God. One of the things I can guarantee about every person in this room is that he loves you more right, as you sit where you are now. He cannot love you any more than he does right now. You are worth him giving his life for. And so that is the rightful, that is the, that is the think of yourself rightly. And so don't think of yourself too highly that you, that you don't need all of the other parts of the body to function. But also do not think of yourself too lowly. Do not think of yourself too lowly that, with, that all of the other parts need you too. I just want to get the balance of that right, don't we? Don't think of yourself too highly, but please hear this, and I think this is really important that you all hear it. Do not think of yourself too lowly, because we all need you. Like, hear me, I, like, if I believe the churches who have said who God called us to be, trust me, desperately need you. I want the body like fully function. If only part of my body was fully functioning, it does feel like that at times as I limped my way to church this morning. But um, if all of our part, parts of the body aren't functioning well, if they're not fully giving themselves to this, then we aren't all that he wanted us to be. So please know, please know this. Whatever you feel of yourself today, we need you. I need you. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. So it will require self-examination. Maybe require some, like some like deep stuff going on. But the primary evaluation is that you're a loved son or daughter, and you're part of the body. And I'd love to pray for us as we as we finish. Yeah, Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of every person in this room. God, I thank you so much for what you've entrusted to every, to every life, to every person, to every child, every young person, to every man, every woman. Thank you, poured out your spirit and your full flame is in each one of us. God, I pray that it needs to be more than my words. Holy Spirit, it needs to be you just imprinting this in our hearts that we are loved and that we're, and that we're gifted and that you've entrusted to you something to us to offer to the body. And so God, I pray that we would discover that together.
in order to make the presence and the life and the love of Jesus physically present to a watching world, to a world that needs to know the shalom of God, the peace and the restoration of God. So Father, you bless us today. I pray that you would encourage us today. Pray for moments we see gifts coming alive over these next days and weeks. For your namesake, for the sake of your kingdom. And we continue to long, continue to pray the prayer of Jesus that your kingdom would come and your will would be done now, today, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.